This is the 315 Podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm Chris. Today our topic matter is... How the Bible Speaks to Everyday Life. And that's a great topic. Just before we came on the air together, you reminded me of something that, that I want you to share. How, how good is the Bible if you never read it? Well, um, I think what ends up happening is if you never read it, you don't get the fullness of it. And many times uh, that I've found, in, especially when I was young in the faith, there was verses that I would cling to as, you know, we, we call them our life verses or um, coffee mug verses. Um, but the danger of just holding on to singular vo- verses is that we'll miss the beauty of what's around them. Wow. And, and, and what led the writer to get to that point? What, what led them to, to call out in despair or um, to, to signify um, the verses that we find so much treasure in? And so um, I'm always reminded of uh, don't just settle for what's there, but let's read around it so that I can you know, have a better understanding or, or maybe even a better appreciation for the Word of God. Well, when we uh, begin our faith, again, we're trying to memorize, trying to pick, pick it all together, pull it together. Uh, but guys in particular, you know, we hardly ever read the directions. Yeah. If we see it, we think we can put that together. And I, I could hear my wife saying amen to that for me. Um, but what we, we do as a, as a church, if you happen to come to where we are, Jackson First Baptist Church, we actually teach that way. Mm-hmm. We don't, every once in a while we'll use a topic, and the Bible does speak topically, yeah. but we walk through the Word of God systematically yeah. because if you, if you don't do it that way, I think you said it before we came on there, uh, that your heart leads you to just to choose certain things. Yes, yeah, and, and that, that's dangerous in itself is letting our heart lead us. Uh, especially as we're young in faith and we're developing. And, and the reality is is we may never be as mature as we want to be um, as, we, as we move toward that, um, or maybe not as far along as we think we are. And so if we're leaning on ourselves in that, um, then what ends up happening is, is there may be a mixed um, emotion or even an underlining sin that causes us to do that as well. And so that's why we have to be careful or guard against that we don't just... Um, get lazy in our Bible reading, wow. uh, but instead understand that, you know, there's significance to all verses. Uh, one of the <clears throat> funny things is, is one of the first kids I ever um, mentored with, um, and, and we, we, when I got to uh, First Baptist Adel, I was working with him and, and, and his brother, and I said, all right, well, let's, let's walk through a book of the Bible together, and, and you know, we'll talk through mm-hmm. it, we'll help bring it uh, to life, and, 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 you know, if you have questions, write them down, we'll work through that, and uh, I said, so what, which, which passage, or which Bible would, verse, um, you know, book do you want to go through, and he said, Chronicles, hmm. and I said, all right, are you sure, he goes, yeah, I'm sure, I'm, I'm really sure about it, I said, okay, you ever read Chronicles before, no, it just, it sounds cool, and it, and it may have been around the time the Chronicles of Narnia oh, yeah. came out, yeah. I, I don't know, and I said, okay, Go read, uh, go read Chronicles uh, chapters 1 and 2, and tomorrow we're going to get back together. He said, okay. And then he walks into the office the next day, and he goes, I think we need a new book. Gave in. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to do. And if you're unfamiliar with Chronicles, it is a list of names, mm-hmm. and it, but it, um, it brings the heritage of who Israel was and, and what was going on in their life and, and the kings and, and all of that. But, uh, but for, for him... He wanted to get away from that 
And oftentimes we want to get away from passages that make us feel uncomfortable um, about who we are or uh, that doesn't necessarily line up with our with our own beliefs. Right. So the uh, reading plan that that structures you to read through the entire Bible, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and I'm sure we'll have a podcast somewhere down the line that someone may say, walk me through how the Bible came to be, uh, how's it divided, and where it's going. Uh, and that's important, too, and we can deal with that at some point if folks would like us to, in particular if the Lord leads us to. But for the subject of our conversation at this point, the best way, if you're a brand-new believer, is to begin somewhere like the Gospel of John that, yeah. that gives you an overview of who Jesus is, his ministry, Son of God, Son of Man. But you want to continue to read and, and then read with someone else yeah. uh, along the way, as you, as you talked about, which is, is so important. And those of you that are just joining us maybe for the first time, like, who is this guy that he took this kid uh through reading the Bible. Well, yeah. well you're a pastor, you, you were a student pastor, still yes. are, yeah. but as a family life pastor now. Yeah, and uh, um, one of my, uh, I guess I guess a general calling that we all have is the calling of discipleship in helping us all understand that uh, that it is an ongoing process. And, and so, yeah, I've served, um, uh, this will be 11 years in full-time ministry, um, in in working with teenagers and college students, and now I'm working with young adults as well, mm-hmm. and and in the family all together, um, because of that heart of, of who God has called me to. But but understanding that the Bible is really really important um, to to each of us, and and so I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for what it speaks to, um, in in the whole Bible um, for that. And there, I will admit, there are some things that I come across and I read, and I have to. Uh, call someone, say, hey, mm-hmm. help me understand this, um, because I don't know the answers. Uh, but I will say this, the Bible becomes easier to understand it um, when I'm more lined in with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because he reveals it as well. And so, yeah. so yeah, it's exciting. I've, I've always had the privilege of being, being mentored as a, as a young man by a pastor. And then my call yeah. uh, is was to the senior pastor from the beginning. <laughs> And I, I fought it for a long time because of the weight of all that. Uh, but in, in my life, I would say as a pastor who, who teaches, I'm always thinking, how does this apply to everybody? Yeah. And, and I want you to know that are listening today that this book is, is not just for a white man or a black man or Hispanic. Yeah. Or, or it's not just for people who are wealthy or not wealthy, educated or uneducated. Uh, it, it's for all people. Yeah, and Paul Paul said who's one of the writers of Scripture said he was not ashamed of this gospel, which mm-hmm. power God for salvation to all who believe, yeah. and so in, in it the righteousness of God is revealed. And, and today, our, our, to stay on topic of what we're going to do today is that, that this question often comes to us uh, is the question: How does the Bible apply to my everyday life? And we know it applies in every way. Yeah, we do. Um, <clears throat> and one of the neat things right now as I go through, um, I'm teaching uh, through the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. which is uh, we're going through Matthew's uh, walkthrough of that. And and uh, one of the things is, you know, the kids have said, you know, I'm, I'm finding a lot of richness there that I didn't necessarily know mm-hmm. was there in, in the way that it comes about. And that's, that's you know, why we want us to understand if we read all of it we realize that all the topics that we want to know about get covered in the word of God itself and so um, we don't have to skip around or or um, even pick and choose verses that we want 
to get our answers from. But we Which can, is dangerous. Yeah, yeah, it very is. Because um, we can mistake it to mean something that it doesn't. And, and so that's why <clears throat> as we go through this and we talk about how it speaks to everyday life, understand this, that um, we, we do it through the lens of, of the whole Bible. Um, so when we look at passages, mm-hmm. and, and you may be able to speak to this even more deeper, deeply, um, we don't do it from pulling that passage out um, without, without also examining it through the whole, mm-hmm. the whole Bible. Um, and so you may want to speak well, more to that. Well, we can trust that mm-hmm. because that's what the Bible says, you know, line upon line, yeah. precept upon precept. In other words, the Scripture never contradicts itself. Yes. Uh, and so, like, for instance, we, we're going to be looking in Ephesians in a few moments, and how does the Bible speak to marriage and what that is? And, and boy, we could spend the whole time there on that, but we're going to try to overview it. But, but really quickly, when, when you open the Bible, for, for example, if you're studying a passage of Scripture, like in Ephesians 5, where it deals with marriage, what you do, first of all, the, the proper way to study the Bible is to read what it says. Yeah. And just, just genuinely read what it says. And then once you read what it says and you write down what it says, then you're able to interpret that. And, and I love that. You know, what, is, what is it saying to me? What's it saying to the people of that day? Yeah. Uh, and then you come out of that, and then we use a process here where we correlate that. The simply mm-hmm. word is, does it say it anywhere else yeah. in the Bible? And, and, and those of you that are saying, is there a good, good Bible that's better than others? There's a, there's a lot of good Bibles out there. A good study Bible will, will, will be a Bible that has footnotes on the, underneath the, the passage. You need to know that, that the footnotes are not inspired by God. Yeah. Uh, that's men's viewpoints of that. But also a good study Bible will, will have cross-references. Yeah. Uh, and there's so many Bible apps you can get with that as well. And when you correlate that, it, it, it's like it's the beauty of that. Yeah. For example, in Ephesians 5 text, you, you would see, you like, where else does it talk about this marriage? You can go all the way back to Genesis when God created. The first family did was uh, Adam and Eve. And he gave them, the, by the way, this is so awesome, the same guidelines that he gives in Ephesians. But what happened when man rebelled against God? Then God, God said, hey, this is your way back. And Ephesians says you come to know Christ by grace. And then you can live by that. And then once you're done, mm-hmm. I love that. Once that you look at the word as it is, interpret what it says, bring other texts in. And sometimes it just says it once in the Bible. Yeah. And you know that if it says it once, that's enough. If God says it's truth the one, you know, mom make, my mom would come in and say, if you do this, I'm going to spank you. Yeah. Well, I didn't say, well, if you don't say it a second time, I, I'm okay. okay. Once is enough with God because it's yeah. truth. But then the, the part I love the most is, is how, how you make application. Mm. And that's, that's what I'm thankful for people like you that, and others that help us. Uh, you know, when a woman reads the word, she says, "Well, I want to read it from a feminine perspective." No, because it, it got who he is. God is, yeah. uh, and a child says, "Well, I read it from my perspective." No, God's perspective speaks to us. It, it yeah. sets the pace uh, with that, and so that's how you do it. And and then, by the way, as you said in the last podcast, and I think we both did, uh, I think it's important when you're younger and growing in your faith, the application will be here, yeah. but but you said it'll be deeper. It will. Yeah. As you as you get older in your faith, you'll build upon that. It's mm-hmm. never like, well, that was crazy. Hebrews six says it this way: Let us go on to maturity, yeah. and leave the elementary things, not leave them as you don't use them, but build on them. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Chris. How does the the Bible speak to marriage? And let me set it this way: 
you're sitting with someone, uh, they're 23, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll just pull this one out. She wants to have a baby. Hmm. He, this, you know, yeah. this is an easy one. It's not easy for your one going through it. No. He does. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. And they go to church and they say we're Christians, and they come to you. How does that apply to you? Well, I think um, it, with <clears throat> the, that subject of marriage, mm-hmm. and, and and with that, you know, unique thing is uh, we have to start with the formation of the family, mm-hmm. and we find that in Genesis chapter one, right from the beginning, in, in the creation story, uh, we see the uh, formation of Adam, and then later on and. Uh, the formation of his wife Eve, and then how God united them, but also gave them a command in that. That's right. And that command was to be fruitful um, and multiply. Uh, and then as Scripture goes on and develops um, even further in that, um, we see in Matthew Jesus readdress the marriage um, when, he, when he talks about how God brings forth man uh, to leave his family and, and a wife to leave hers and to be united. Uh, we see it again in our text um, in Ephesians chapter 5 um, in, in verses 22 through 32. Um, and so uh, for them, I would help them understand of where marriage comes from, uh, what the foundational expectation of that marriage is um, and, and, and from good. Uh, God's perspective and um, for them uh, to walk through that. Now, uh, as as we all know with children, uh, sometimes uh, we want everything to be perfect in line. Um, you know, we, we want, you know, to have the right amount of money. We want to be able to be able to, you know, work our schedules around that. We have all these different things. But at the end of the day, if we're worried about all these intangibles, we'll replace um, our obedience to God with those intangibles. Wow. Instead of, well, what does God expect of me? Mm-hmm. What would he have for me? And uh, and then also as they work through their uh, marriage issues um, and, and, and things that they talk about, the Bible speaks to that also on how they're supposed to work together um, in that. And so um, I'll read the first couple of verses okay. in our Ephesians 5 text, and then, um, then you can add additional commentary. Uh, it says in verse 22, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now the church submits to Christ, so as also uh, the wives should submit to everything to their husbands. Now I don't want to just leave you off there. Oh, Let's come on, also. man. That's Let's good. Stop. Stop. That's good enough. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll, I'll give you the submission. I'll take over the husbands. No. No. Let's read verse. Let's read verse 25 because... Because if, if not, that's kind of a downer right. for our lady listeners. But listen to this, men, because uh, you do have an expectation as well. Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water um, with the word, so that uh, he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. And so in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their whole bodies. Uh, he who loves his wife loves himself. Uh, and, and we use, uh, just for those who are listening, um, we use the ESV translation right now. Sometimes we'll use the CSB. Sometimes we'll use the King James. 
uh, version. So just so you understand that the text I read from was from the ESV. But according to here, uh, what are some insights that you're grasping? Well, I'm grasping first it would have been so much better if you would have just stopped at that one point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the man could have been, it would not have been better. I'm just, I'm just being sarcastic. Uh, the, but the, the reality is we did it the way we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. We took the whole, whole part of the passage, and ultimately we'll see that the church, the church is represented in, in and through the marriage. But the, the particular subject matter, when you read those first couple of verses, when the, if the man is the one having the conversation, if he's saying, my wife wants to have yeah. a child and, and I don't, he reads verse 22 and he says, aha, I'm the one who has the final yeah. say. But then he reads on down and he can say, well, I'm, I want to love my wife. She just doesn't understand. We're not financially ready. Uh, and, and, you know, she, I don't want her health to be maybe compromised. Yeah. She may not. But the thing is that in the context that when Paul writing here, as began in chapters 1 through 3 was the theological importance of being saved by faith through grace and then how that works in your life. And then he's working, walking down through that. He's individually spoke to us about God's gifting, about being a part of a church, about your new in Christ, how you do family relationships that we'll come back to at some point. And then he comes into 5 and he says, here's how you are in Christ now and you're in the light. And you're to grow in that and learn how to do that. And he summarizes it all back in verse 21. Because without 21, 22 looks kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, because 21 says this, okay, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Mm. The, the, you said this in the last podcast and in this one. The bottom line is, what does God say? Yeah. And so, and you already outlined that. So God says that the husband and wife both are submitting to God. Mm-hmm. And so it, I would say very clearly to the husband, do you believe your wife is submitting to God? Yeah. And, and, if, and, if he, and, he, and that's, a, that's a thing to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And if he says, well, I don't think so, you know, and, and you, I would come back and say, and I've been this many times, all right, so what area is she wrong in this? Yeah. And, you know, and if, if he stutters, you know, first of all, he's, he's got his own worldview. Yeah. But as you said, if if he ha- if she has a biblical worldview, what she's doing is responding to that God given yeah. uh, inclination. We maybe a good word in her heart mm-hmm. that she wants to be a mother. Yeah, because it, God made her that way. Yeah, uh, and so she's wanting to respond to that, and then he's going to say, "But I don't think it's the right time now." Yeah. All right. Then the question is, how do you know that? And the truth is that we don't know that. Yeah. We have to leave that up to God as we have the physical relationship. That's a, that's a part of that. I mean, the command is there to be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and oftentimes um, uh, when you know, we're walking couples through this in mm-hmm. marriage counseling, they, they get hung up on the trigger words, yep. right? And oh, so, my, yes. So when we think of like submit or... Um, you know, uplifting. Um, uh, one of my favorite parts uh, when it comes back around is in verse 29. It says, for no one hated his own flesh, right? right. We'll take care of ourselves, um, but we're, we do it with the, the betterment of the others in, in, mm-hmm. involved. Now, <clears throat> one of the unique perspectives I've heard on this uh, came at a marriage conference that David Platt was teaching at, and he helped bring perspective to this, that oftentimes we view... Um, 
you know, a person in a marriage as having lesser value than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that a thriving marriage, um, in, 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 and I'm loosely translating, but I'm doing it off my, off my memory, but he said that a thriving marriage would be one that exemplifies uh, the work of the Trinity and how they function together, uh, where each one of them have a role uh, that plays in that, but their value isn't any lesser. Um, and so well, when we good. when we look at passages like this, and you stumble upon a word that you're like, well that that doesn't suit where I am or what I want it to say, we have to look through the the whole thing and understanding that, you know, as a much of a bummer as Paul didn't end it in verse you know 24 is, but we have to realize there's a responsibility for all of us mm-hmm. that's involved in that relationship. And if you're in love with the Lord, mm-hmm. you want to you want to live in that yeah. wreck. Yes, yeah, that's a key point. Uh, to take in is is the love of the Lord, but also I think it, as you had worded it, um, submissive to His will, mm-hmm. um, and and that's the unique thing is that we all have a personal responsibility yeah. in that. Let, let's dig a little deeper in the trigger point. Yeah. You just made me my, in my mind, and, and older that I am than you, that my mind goes quicker away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I was doing some counseling at some point at some place okay. at life. Yeah. To try and be ambiguous on purpose, um, <laughs> and the one of the, the lady said when she came, she said, "Now, if you mention the word submission, I'm out of here." Yeah, and it's because for her hearing that is dominance, uh, and, and as we unpacked it, the, the truth was, I want to be in charge. Part yeah. of the curse, mm-hmm. uh, and if those you don't know what that means, that when Adam rebelled against God as part of, of the judgment of God, part of the, the sentence was that from that point on, the woman and the man would both want to be leader. Yeah. And so, and it even says in Genesis 3, they fight against each other for that. Yeah. But when, when a relationship is submitting to God, I, I can tell you this as a, a dad, a Christian first, and as a husband, I just want to please God. Yeah. And, I, and God says, this is, this is my role. Yeah. And, and I, I tell couples all the time in a very simplistic way, if you look at it, everything has order. Yeah. I mean, we have a president, whether you like him or not, or maybe someday her. We have Congress. We, we, we have the Senate. Uh, you know, we have the judiciary branch. They work for a purpose, and it's in that order. Family has order. Yeah. And it's God who's in authority, God mm-hmm. the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He then speaks to husband and wife both. If they're both submissive, they're going to hear the same thing. Mm-hmm. And and you know, as you've done this, the trigger point often is, is for me, when I hear conflict, God's not the source of conflict. Yeah. So if there's conflict, either one or the other. As uh, Dave Harvey's book you and I read and we yeah. counsel with, I want sinners to say I do, yeah. he uses that illustration in the book, and we're giving credit to him, that someone in counseling said, it's not us, it's, it's the marriage that's the problem. Yeah. It, it's not the order. It's our response to the order. Yeah. And, and so I, I would say out of that, I would say, all right, to the husband, back to our, our illustration case study, I would say to the husband, okay, is she obeying God? Mm-hmm. And let me ask you, are you obeying God? Have you even asked God, yeah. is this what we should do? And I want to tell you, 10 times out of 10, it's, it's that deer in the headlights. Yeah. And I've been guilty of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm fighting for my rights. And God says, if you trust me, I'll, I'll give you the better thing. And and sometimes it won't be the right time. And here's how I know God doesn't give you a child. Yeah. 
Um, and, you know, I, I'm going to get in trouble here. Uh, I don't often say this, but, you know, one of the greatest travesties of life is, is the abortion trends that we have. Yeah. It's not just the physically ab- aborting. That it is the, the prevention things that we use that yeah. says I'm done with that. Um, and, again, everybody's got to make their own choice. But in the sight of God, yeah. God says, I answer this this way. And there's joy in that. Yeah. Yeah, I know Catherine and I yes. have, uh, you know, had our own struggles. But we came to, um, I guess, a, a, a really a confirmation of faith that God was with us in the process uh, was when we settled the issue of, well, who's the source of life? Amen. Who gives life? Oh, that's so and, good. And so when we had our first miscarriage, you know, it was heartbreaking. Uh, but at the same time, we found out that she could get pregnant. And so there was much joy in that, even even through that pain. And then a year later to the date, she gets pregnant again, and that's when we have Josiah. And and so we trust that process in that, that, that God is the source of that. And, and every Christian should understand that, especially uh, with this issue of who is the life giver, who formed us, who knitted us in our mother's womb um, and, and, and set the plans that he would have for us in life, right? Um, if we come to terms that it is God that in, initiates that, then we, we trust in that. Now, we do have responsibilities right. um, in, in life of, you know, making sure we can manage things and, and, and take care of and provide for, um, but it becomes dangerous when we think we know what's better than what God may have. Oh, that's so, that's so important. And so when we <clears throat> look through this passage, we understand that, yes, ladies, there may be uh, that trigger word of submissive. And, yes, guys, we may be guilty of thinking we have more authority than we do. Um, but if we're walking in both submission to God, uh, then this flows well together. And so is there maybe you have an example of, of uh, how you and Sherry have functioned uh, where there have been times of making a big decision, how would the function of that big decision work in your guys's in, in your guys's life where maybe she's had to um, yield to what God was God was teaching? That, that's not only it, had it might happen, it, it has happened so many times. Yeah. And not, not not the yielding part as much as trying to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. When we first got married, Again, trying to develop a biblical worldview for our family, learning what this, this is. Uh, we, we both are trying to f- so passionately find that. I was trying to figure out what it was that a husband is to love his wife yeah. as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And I, I was, for me, what ended up happening, and I know, know people that know me as a preacher probably, but like, ah, oh, that can't be. But I, I so compensated trying to figure out what that was that no matter what she wanted to do, I thought that was loving her. Yeah. And so there, there were times she would say, "What do you think about this?" And I would say, "Well, whatever you want to do." Yeah, I was saying in my mind, because I love you, I don't care where we eat. Yeah, as long as we're together. And you know that's a big fight everybody has. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then I get frustrated if we ate the same thing all the time. Um, and then there, there, she at the same time was trying to to submit to me, you know. And so she's not not thinking, figuring it out either. But what we learned to do was this is to take everything to God. You know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, uh, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He will direct thy paths. You can take that in 
the plurality of it too, and that you do it as a family. And so what we have done in these years, we, we've, we have gotten, uh, Brother Chris, honestly I can say this, we don't just pray about the big things. Um, my grandpa used to say, if you pray about the little things, the big things are obvious. And, and so if you're praying every day, when the big decision comes, I, I, this is a silly one, but the one thing, uh, back last summer, uh, both of our TVs went out at once. And when we were younger, we wouldn't have looked at budgets. We wouldn't have looked at anything. We would just, ah, you know, we got, we surely got enough money. We need a TV. So we prayed six months. Now, the first one, because we wouldn't have anything. We yeah. just got a real cheap TV. But we prayed six months and waited. We just waited because what we realized was in God's economy, a TV is not significant. Yeah. And so we, we literally just come together every day and say, God, what do you want for our lives? You know, we talk by the week. We talk through the day. Yeah. Uh, this more, I mean, we did it this morning. Sherry will say, "Well, what's your day look like?" Yeah. And I'll say, "Well, what's your day look like?" And we'll just commit it to prayer. And there are times that that we've had decisions where that Sherry said, "You know, ultimately, I'm not here in this right because maybe when we came here, we left our son in Kentucky." Yeah. She knew she couldn't pray right about that because of the emotional attachment. Yeah. And so she had to submit to that. But 10 times out of 10, you will usually, you'll, if you'll pray together, yeah. uh, that, and that's what Ephesians 5 is teaching. Husbands love the wife. And, the Bible, and, he's, and this is so cool, brother. I don't mean to take over. No, that. no, you're good. Because uh, I, I, I shouldn't do that. He, he says here in the text in verse 31, Ephesians 5, and he's quoting back from chapter 2 of Genesis. So for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You, you know that word joined is the picture of glue. Yeah. And uh, I think of the gorilla glue. <laughs> when, a, when a marriage is joined by the way God wants it to be, you, there's no longer two opinions. There's one yeah. opinion. And, and the truth is, I can just say this, it's not our opinion. Yeah. It, it's God's viewpoint. And it's so easy to make those decisions. Like you guys come in here. Yeah. You did that together. Yeah, we did that in the middle of a pandemic. That's right. right. At the start of the oh, pandemic. My. Yeah. Mm. Uh, with uncertainty. And there was uh, us weighing the pros and the cons. And, and we made our list um, of, of trying to figure out, you know. Um, but it wasn't until uh, we joined our hearts in prayer that we said, all right, God, you know our opinion on the matter, but we're going to yield to yours. Uh, that, that he answered and, and blessed us in that. Which is one of the neat things as you go through the Word of God and you're reading the whole Word of God uh, that you understand that He reveals the answers to His prayers and reveals Himself more uh, through that Word and, and through oh His text. Yes. And so as we go through, you know, as simple as this passage is <clears throat> um, and, and looking at, you know, all of these verses surrounding marriage, um, understand this, you come across these passages throughout the Word of God. That's right. Um, that, that deal not just with this level, but, but other things as well. Um, one of those being friendships and our conduct uh, with one another. Ephesians 4 reminds us of that, of how we should speak to each other, how we should, how we should walk with one another, right? Um, and, and so uh, when we read uh, this passage, which is Ephesians chapter 4, uh, 25 um, through 32, uh, we, we can read that and understand that this is, you know, a, a standard that God mm -hmm. would have for us, right? And so it says, therefore, in verse 25, having put away falsehood, 
Let each one of you speak in truth with his neighbor, uh, for we are members one of another. <clears throat> Be angry and do not sin. Ooh, that's tough. That is tough. <laughs> Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only as such as that is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed at the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, uh, forgiving one another, as God and Christ has forgave you. When we look at this, we understand that there's a lot of things that are covered in just a few verses, um, a standard for living um, and, and, and conduct of, mm-hmm. of how we should live. And so when we look at this, what is uh, one of the safeguards you put in place uh, that you would be intentional to read this um, and not, not avoid it? Well, the safe, safeguard is, is you read it as if this applies to me. Yeah. <laughs> For, I mean, if you read something, I mean, you, you know, we click things on and off all the time. Yeah. And sometimes we're listening to other people preach, or sometimes we're listening to each other, like I'm over here emailing or I'm doing something yeah. else. Uh, but when you say this is this is important to me, yeah. um, and, and all of this is that way, and I, th- I think about back to the illustration with you know, the guy and the gal. If they had applied th- these in Chapter 4 together, they're already ready. Yeah. They're ready to make, make the response uh, together. And when I look at this, I, I've taught this many times, there's like we I call these four marriage rules. Mm-hmm. Always tell the truth. Uh, don't don't go to bed angry yeah. with that. Uh, do your part. And then fourthly is this: be a forgiving person. Mm-hmm. If you'll do those four things in, in your marriage relationship, yeah, you're you're ready for the big things. Yeah, uh, I, I think about and, and and I don't know why it just comes rushing my mind, but I think it's so important because I can hear Catherine, Catherine, which is Chris's wife, and. As a nurse and as a servant of God, you know she she reminds us some people can't have children. Yeah, uh, and so and the reason I bring that up is that and my daughter who who is single and believes that God's called her to a life of singleness. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes God says, "I want you to be single all your life, give yourself totally to me." Sometimes it's to be married and to have children. Sometimes it's to be married and not have children and to adopt children. Yeah, and then sometimes it's to be married not have children, but the church, all those kids that are there at that church are our children Yeah. with that. And so for me, that's daily life. Yeah. And and as you do that daily life, you know, the, the, easy, the easy one for me is verse 25 when he says, speak truth to your neighbor. Yeah. But as you've taught that we need to look at the bigger context, the city of Ephesus was known to be the most lying place on the place uh, yeah. face of the earth. So when Paul says that, he says, y'all not believe in anything you're saying. Yeah. And so in a marriage sometimes, mm-hmm. we can say to each other, I love you. Mm-hmm. But if a husband's not giving himself for his wife, he's not loving. Yeah. And if she's not doing that for him. Yeah. Yeah, his standard of love will be um, perverted in the sense of 
You know, you can say you love tacos and love wife, but that's not oh. the same love, right? So well, in, in, yes, in, it's not yeah. the same. <laughs> well, it depends on the taco. Yeah. No, but, but, the, uh, but the big thing is, is understanding, as we talked about in our last podcast, is that if this is the source of truth, it is also a source of standard to live by. That's exactly right. And so uh, I remember being young in faith and, um, and, and even going through uh, Bible college and there are some things that we like to excuse mm-hmm. in our development, but the one that's always convicted me is that let no corrupting talk wow. come out of the mouth, mm-hmm. right? When we come across that passage, we're like, well, it's just joking or it's just, you know, it's all in good fun. Um, at some point, if you, if people will start to believe that, that that's joke right. is truth. And so one of the things I had to learn is how to come back in, and if I am joking with a group of friends, if we are cutting up with one another, I'm finding ways to build them up above and beyond. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take that to, uh, so that they don't always, when they think of you know, me as, well, he's just the guy that undercuts me or he doesn't mm-hmm. believe in me. Instead, I want them to know I believe in, in you know, God and what he would have for them and, and their development. And, and along the way, we can laugh at ourselves. And, and, and so um, when we look at this whole thing, we, we see that. We see the, the conduct, the expectation, knowing what those people are going through at that time helps bring this to the light and why Paul would address it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also for us, you know, some tangible takeaways. Like this is a standard we can conduct ourselves. You, you know, it's really use the corrupt word. Yeah. You know, my generation, which is too, too, too removed now, uh, would have said things like this. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Yeah. You know, and you're like, I'm often thinking, well, does that mean you lied to me before? Yeah. <laughs> Until this point. But I think of my home bringing with my, my grandmother. I mean, she'd tell you the truth that would hurt you to the bottom. Oh, yeah. And when Paul comes back and says no corrupt word, he's saying here, as you said, that to be an encouragement. Some, sometimes hard truth is not the best truth in the moment. Yeah. You know, if if a child has just fallen, you, your first thing is not, no, well, you stupid boy, you should yeah. should not have jumped <laughs> off of that rock. Your first thing is to comfort. Mm-hmm. And so the so the Bible is so practically involved because you, you, you got to have a holistic look at that. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it's really changing my life. You, you probably don't have seen the commercial. I mean, what it is, but the, the guy's, the wife's asking, does this dress make you look fat or not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a trap. Don't, don't it's a trap. Don't, don't, yeah, don't answer that one. Yeah, those of you who are single yeah. say I'm committed to the gospel and truth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But not every truth has to be said every moment. Yeah, yeah. With, with that, and and then the one other thing because I know folks folks are listening. You've got a ton of questions, and we do want you to reach out to us if you have a question. Uh, you can email us at three fifteen at jacksonfbc.com, three fifteen at jacksonfbc.com. But as as we kind of bring it together ending this time because there's so much more we could do mm-hmm. other podcasts we will you know you talk about those four things marriage applies to us in lifestyle of friendship with each other yeah above everything else my, my wife is a servant of the lord who god has called mm-hmm. uh, francis chan in his book you and me forever yeah and i encourage that's a great read for couples you and me forever he mm-hmm. says this that his ultimate goal was with his wife, and it still is. And I think for seeing his life, he practices what he yeah. preaches, is to set her up for the next 100,000 years. Mm. And and I've taken that to heart to say that, that my goal is to set Sherry up in such a way that for eternity because of Christ, 
She'll be blessed. And to do that, man, who would not want to be married to somebody that does that? Yeah. I'm not Amen. perfect. I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying you folks out there be married to somebody like Keith or like Chris, but Sherry would tell you this. She wouldn't trade what the biblical worldview of a husband and wife is for the best that the world has to offer. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thankful for that. This ha- this has been the, the 315 podcast. And we're so excited that you are with us. Again, you can reach out to us for any question. I hope you do because we're, we're going to, these future uh, topics are going to be based up to you. 315 is the email address at jacksonfbc.com. Yeah, and you can follow us on all of our social media at jacksonfbc um, on Facebook or Instagram. Um, and then also sharing our podcast on any podcast platform that you are on. Um, and so we look forward to hearing from you. God bless and have a good day.